The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Fucking sacks. It's the best. It is. See, I used to play a little saxophone. Do you know? Oh yeah. It must yeah. have been a long sax. Was that a big one? <laughs> uh, what was it? A big uh, alto sax. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big boy sax. Yeah. I feel like we need more saxophones. It needs to come back. Yeah, they're due for a run. It's been Such a while. Such a hallmark of the eighties. Yeah, I know Gaga had them popping in like the middle of the last decade. Mm. And then Katy Perry jumped on. So, yeah, I think they're due to due to swing back. Agreed. Well, we're swinging back around as well here. It's Thursday. It's time for WWE War, our sabermetric-style look through every WWE pay-per-view year in history. Last episode, we wrapped up a very short season, 1992-93. It was a lot of fun. want to thank you for all the great feedback we received um, and all of the interest in that season, of course. It was one that we really liked doing. If you are listening to us on one of your podcatcher apps on the North South Connection Podcast Network, just so you know, if you're new to this, we're also available on video now uh, for many of our shows, including this one. So if you go to YouTube and just search North South Connection, subscribe, you can get all this content uh, visually as well. You can see all of our cool shirts and Marcus's cool hair and everything else we got going on here on WWE War. We are starting our 10th season tonight, Marcus, so big deal. 10. Yeah, yeah, ten. Uh, it's a it's a good one. It's another uh, another sprint for us. 
Um, uh-huh. Not not unlike uh, the last season that we did. Um, it's only be two episodes. That's it. We're only two episodes. And, and I think it's going to be already a little nostalgic, I think. Um, I think it's a time period held fondly by a lot of people. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. And it's almost 10 years old the season already, which is crazy. Uh, that's enough. But we are going to do the 2014-15 NXT season. So it's our second NXT season. Last uh, we did 18-19. This is really pretty much the beginning of NXT for us. I know, you know, we, we had this debate. There was technically a takeover, right? Uh, earlier in the year, it, was, it wasn't necessarily ta- – it wasn't entitled takeover. It was uh, – first NXT show when the network launched to have the big Cesaro Zayn match and a few other matches. Um, I don't think we're going to be covering that on this program. Like there's a so. few outliers we're not going to hit. And that's just one of them because it's really just one show. It didn't really fit the seasonal format. And we're doing pretty much just the NXT proper takeover. So tonight we're going to cover the first two takeovers in history. That is NXT takeover. And then NXT takeover fatal four way. Uh, that we'll be touching on as well. So uh, in the next episode, we're going to wrap up. It's only a, a four-show season. So another quick one we're going to knock out. I think we needed a couple of quick ones after that marathon 2015-16 <laughs> we did. Uh, I think it was good to kind of churn through a couple. Yeah, it's a good change-up uh, to the long fastball of the, uh, the 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 previous season we did. The big uh, was at 16, 17, 15, uh, 15, 15, 16. 15, 16. Yeah, 15, 16. So, uh, and I know we got some other doozies down the road. So, mm-hmm. going to enjoy enjoy the, the short break. Yeah, and the short takeovers <laughs> compared to some of those ones <laughs> did in 18, 19 as well. These are, these are quick. Yeah, uh, very digestible. So, we do everything on a plus minus system here. Uh, if you think of everything as a, as a flat replacement level entity or a thing or a match or whatever, it's here, right? Everything we believe is over that line gets a plus. Anything below that line gets a minus. We net all that out and give a total score. And that's how we stack rank all of these pay-per-view events. As part of that, we also grade every match that occurs. Uh, we consider two and a half to be a replacement level match. It's as average as it gets. Anything above, anything below. Again, we total that up. Marcus graded my grade. And we net everything out to a total score. Uh, so we're going to do that through a bunch of categories. Marcus, do you want to run through what those are? Absolutely. I'll take us through. Uh, first, we start off with the build up to the event, followed by the commentary, the atmosphere of the event, notable moments and importance, our match grades like you talked about, card structure, rewatchability, all time matches. And then we total all that up. And an all time match for us uh, in the positive uh, would be anything that we both agree is 4.25 and above. And for it to be a minus, it is anything that we both agree is 0.75 and below. Absolutely. Free watchability is to call it too. That's the category where it's like things that aren't maybe a notable moment um, or part of a match per se, but it might be like a cool move, uh, a funny promo, uh, a hot debut, like something that's just like, oh, that exact moment is rewatchable. It may not be notable, it may not be a title change or something crazy, but it was just like a fun moment that if you were throwing the show on and just kind of hitting the high points, those are things we'd want to rewatch or avoid if they're minuses. Yeah. So. All right, let's dive in then. Let's get started with our first episode or first show of this episode, and that is NXT TakeOver, May 29th, 2014 from Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. Um, it's uh, It was an interesting show, right? This early <laughs> NXT for sure. Uh, we have Tom Phillips, William Regal, and Byron Saxton in the booth, and we start right away with a guy who's kind of a mainstay in early NXT. Uh, they'll eventually move him up to the main roster not too long after this. Uh, he just did not click there like he did here. And I think it was almost an early warning sign. 
this guy here, um, that some of the acts that were super over in NXT were not going to translate when it came time to the bigger arenas and the different crowds and the overall commitment in booking and presentation. So a guy like Adam Rose in our opener, he's got the little party uh, dancing around the outside and in the ringside. And in that tiny little shoebox in full sail, it looks cool. There's like 20 people dancing around and it feels like a big deal. Suddenly you get to an arena with 12,000 people and everything's kind of smaller in size and it just doesn't resonate as well. But beyond that, again, like a lot of the acts that they sunk the time into in NXT, they didn't put that same amount of time in. Uh, when it came to the main roster, whether it was proven to be a good idea or not, they didn't always give a lot of these guys a chance to succeed. Um, so Adam Rose is taking on Camacho in our opener. Uh, Camacho, he had already been on the main roster, right? Like, he was right, yeah. Back here, right? He had been with what? Uh, Unico? Uh, Unico, yeah. And his feud with Sinkara. He rode on the motorcycle, <laughs> the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> the bike, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry. Was, yeah. It, was it just a bike? It was a bicycle. bicycle. Yeah, it was oh, just a bicycle. Funny. Yeah. So he's back here kind of rebooting. I don't think he's around long because I think it's the only time we see him <laughs> this season. Yeah. So he must have kind of been booted out of here pretty quick. Um, I guess we can look real fast. But uh, yeah, NXT, yeah, he leaves in June. His contract, okay. he got released. He goes to TNA for a while, then New Japan since. So, um, all right. So Adam Rose wins this with a party foul. I didn't find this to be anything too special. I'm not, I've never been into Adam Rose. Like I get it. It was cool. It was a ripoff of, um, was this a get him to the Greek? Was that the, Oh, the idea? I didn't know that. Okay. I don't know. Was version. it get him to the Greek or was it, um, the guy from forgetting Sarah Marshall? I mean, it's something that's supposed to be like, like that okay. kind of guy, like, uh, Austin powers type guy, like a party guy. And he had like this weird party with all these people in costumes hanging around. And that was supposed to be the concept. It was like based on those, that kind of party guy that, you know, gets kind of carted around because he's kind of aloof or whatever. Um, so I think that was meant to be it. Like you're going to hang out with him and just have a good time. Um, but it just in ring, I didn't think he was ever that good. I mean, he was Leo Kruger before this. Uh, I thought he was most infamous for being, remember that NXT documentary series they did? when the network first started on the fear goes out mm-hmm. and they kind of, he was like a spotlight on one of them, right? Like him, how he was struggling as Leo Kruger was maybe going to be done and then kind of found this Adam Rose character. And at that point it hadn't really fallen apart yet for him, but he did have a minute here where he was pretty over. I went two and a quarter again. I didn't, I didn't find much to this. Yeah. I have an aversion to uh Russell brand. Just uh, well, that's him. This is what it's not for me, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, and maybe why this character never exactly clicked for me. Um, it's just like I think it's good work if you can find it. Like if if you're okay, like finding that gimmick that's kind of the rotational mascot style character that they have that they can throw in like the D-list celebrities in. Um, and you know you can interact and have that spot, which is a spot he had for maybe two, two years or so on the main roster before doing some other stuff. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a good run. A lot of people would, would kill for that kind of run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it just didn't click on the main roster. Um, but for here in NXT, it's a fine opening act. I went uh, two and a quarter as well. Uh, nothing to write home about and um, a fine way to um, like non-offensively uh, start the show. Yeah, and the crowd was into him. I mean, so whatever. yeah, again, like this, you know, atmosphere is gonna be interesting for this season. Um, we're not in the full full sale crowds yet, where it's like super over the top. We kind of get there toward the end of the season, but these are still the crowds that we're gonna have for a while. Where 
they're very engaged in the data in the week to week product because everything's taped there, right? So they kind of have their mm-hmm. favorites, and that carries over to these shows. Um, yeah, Rose would have a fine little run on the main roster. I mean, he ends up with the uh, social outcasts and all that, right? He's there for a while. He turns heel, then he goes into that group for a bit, and then he finally just gets released. But um, I think he's still bopping around the indie somewhere, right? I feel like he always shows up on social think, media now and then. I think so, yeah. Every, every once in a while, he pops up somewhere. All right, what do we got next? Uh, next up, we have our first title match of the evening for the WWE NXT Tag Team Championship. It is the Ascension, Connor and Victor retaining over El Locale and Kalisto. Um, I believe Fall of Man was hit. Um, I didn't have much to write home about this match either. Um, I went with a two and a half. Uh, the one thing is that the Ascension, they you can tell the more experienced guys from mm-hmm. the guys with lesser experience and like they understand who they are. They understand who the characters are and how to present uh, themselves kind of as like these it's a little bit of a stretch to say like Legion of Doom, Demolition, um, the style of like the big powerhouse tag teams. But that's how they present themselves kind of in the smaller oh, yeah. setting of NXT. Um, and it works. Again, it works in the smaller setting. And I think once you bring that act up to the main roster where there's a lot of people with a lot of size, it doesn't hit quite the same. But again, for here, for NXT, for where we are at, um, again, this is a very over and established act. And I think for – you know, coming off of Adam Rose, who's like a clear no doubter, established act in NXT, and going into into this, um, like if you're just seeing NXT for the first time, you're getting a grip on like who the main players are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this match did well to kind of um, cement the Ascension as as a top act in NXT. So two yeah. and a half for me. Ascension was definitely one of those teams you heard about because there were a lot of people not watching NXT at this point, right? I mean, it had been on for a while. I think it was almost a couple of years at this point that NXT had been on. Um, transition from SC, FCW to NXT. It was on the web and then onto the network. So there were people that had been watching, and Ascension is one of the teams you heard a lot about. Um, and they were presented that way for sure. They were presented like a modern day Road Warriors uh, or Powers of Pain type gimmick. And then you see them, and yeah, they're booked dominantly um, through. We're not going to see that as much here because this is pretty much the tail end of their run. But um, for most of their run, they were presented very dominantly. Uh, again, another team that once they get to the main roster, just looked like goofs um just yeah. weren't nearly as over or presented as strongly and they just look small once they got up there uh elo cal is actually ricardo rodriguez uh who had of course been alberto del rio's uh manager announcer for a while and just kind of working this gimmick i guess down in nxt just supposed to be generic masked guy uh Kalisto had been on the main roster already as well um it wasn't too long before this so we saw him actually no i guess had he been up already Maybe not. Man, I don't think so. I don't think it's after so. this. We, we we just talked about two seasons ago with the Salida del Sol with the Lucha. Yeah. So yeah, he's still getting introduced. He's still getting warmed okay. up. Yeah. So he's new. All right. Uh, I went two and a half as well. Yeah. It was it was whatever. I mean, Ascension retain. It was fine. We'll see. It actually leads to something. <laughs> it's actually a story uh, where Kalisto goes to find a new partner. But we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, up next, we have Sami Zayn taking on and defeating, I'm sorry, no, losing to Tyler Breeze. Uh, Tyler Breeze, another dude early on that you heard a lot about. There's a lot of excitement about his character with the selfie stick. That was still pretty new at that point in pop culture. Um, had a really good gimmick cooking, and it was pretty good in the ring. Uh, of course, Zayn uh, had been around for probably, what, a year or so after hopping over from being El Generico? Yeah, sounds about right, right around a year. So he'd been in there. He obviously had built up quite the following 
Um, I'm looking quick. Yeah, he was in ROH till 2012, and he showed up in NXT. Uh, actually, January 13th, he showed up. So, yeah, he's been a little over a year. Um, and he was already kind of established as one of the top guys throughout that run, uh, especially when it came to the feud with Cesaro. That kind of made him. We talked about it earlier in the year. He had that best two out of three. That was great. Uh, and here, I, I actually found this surprising that he lost to Breeze. He put Breeze over. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like Zane was being pushed a little bit more, but it's a big win for Breeze. Uh, I wouldn't put this in the upper echelon of Zane's matches. I know there are people like Aaron who absolutely love this run by Zane. I think it's like, I mean, I think he had Zane super high on his original GWE list that we did in 2017, just based on the work he had done in NXT to that point. Uh, and just like, you know, great match. It's a great match. I think this is a really, really, really good match. Borderline greats, uh, but Breeze dodges the Huluva kick and hits the beauty shot to win. So I went three and three quarters. Again, I think it's really good. Um, I think Breeze has talent, and he's just one of those guys that you kind of wonder, like, another one. Like, why didn't it really click for him at the next level? Like, And he he has a good run, again. I mean, he's fine. He's around for a while, and he teams with Fandango and all that. Um, and has some good stuff, but he just he set, seemed like someone that would eventually – maybe break out again on a place of size or just a couple of years too early. You know, he's, I'm surprised triple H hasn't brought him back honestly, or used him unless yeah. he's just done and doesn't want to come back. But he seems like a guy that triple H would kind of run back and give him a shot since he never really got like a real shot at the big. Yeah. Leagues. I think he's making things work with like the video game. Um, yeah. Up, up, down, down. And he's got his training school. So if he's making money, not taking bumps, good for the dude. Um, right. He might be an, is he an agent? He might be an agent. I'm not, I'm not, positive, oh, maybe. But I might be, I might've, uh, I'm, I might be lying there, but uh, maybe I dream that, but I want to say he's backstage a lot of the shows. Um, and yeah, he's a guy during this time period, like, fast forward a year i would think like engrave this dude's name on the intercontinental title and like don't take it off for a year oh yeah this is the perfect gimmick to be like this is the intercontinental champion doesn't have to go any higher but like he could easily be like i would say your replacement but he could be like your next off ziggler like he could be the the next like great match guy um and, and have a character to go with it and Again, once he got up the main roster, <laughs> it just didn't click um, and eventually found his footing as a tag team guy. But uh, great talent, one of the holdovers from uh, FCW. And this match uh, was really, really good. I went three and three quarters as well, uh, 3.75 for us. Um, and yeah, Zane, Zane's an all-time great. Um, I'm not like the highest on his run here, but it, undeniable greatness. Yeah, we're going to see some great stuff, too, to come in the season still from him. Um, so Breeze, I didn't realize Breezango was still around in early 21. <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. Um, they no. were the Dusty Rhodes <laughs> Classic. He got, him and Fandango both got released in oh, June they went of back. That's right. Uh, but then he, uh, he is a performance center trainer now. He came back in October of 22. Okay. Um, official co-host of the Up, Up, Down, Down channel and um, is currently working as a trainer. So you were right okay. Good for him. All right. So, yep, three um, three quarters for both of us on that one. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our semi-main event, uh, or I guess our co-main event. It okay. is for the NXT Women's Championship, um, as we have Charlotte defeating Natalia. And this is the finals of the uh, vacant NXT Women's Championship tournament. Uh, Paige had given up the title after getting called up uh, to the Raw SmackDown rosters. Um and what's cool about this is they do um, – Brett is with Natalia, and he got the Nature Boy Ric Flair with Charlotte. Um, 
really, I thought it was a really good use of like yeah. using that star power. Yep. Um, and the the two of them, even in their um, let's say older age, um, you could still see like the charisma kind of mm-hmm. ooze off both of these guys. Even Brett in his subdued state, um, you could just see his facial expressions, like when uh, Charlotte puts on the the sharpshooter wrong. Um, there's that famous like <laughs> look of disapproval uh, from disappointed Brett. This is really good. I went 3.75 with this match as well. Yep, me too. Charlotte wins with the natural selection. Not a surprise that she would win the vacant title and become really the first. I mean, Paige and Emma, you know, we talked about that a little bit previously, but they were kind of the forebearers of the women's revolution. Yeah. Um, they're kind of gone now. And this is really the rebirth of the modern NXT women's division that would eventually morph into what we have today on both rosters. So Charlotte winning here, not a surprise. Natty, I think, was a good choice to come in and lend some credibility. Had been on the main roster for a while. She had a name value. Brett and Flair make it feel special. Um, I think there was no other outcome, but I think they had really good chemistry. That carries over. Like They have a bunch of good matches together, these two. Uh, and that, that showed here. So I went three and three quarters as well. And I think it's interesting, too. We already have the um, NXT TakeOver card structure. It's pretty much like defined already. <laughs> like Start with kind of the... Lower end stuff, build, 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 women's main event, men's main event, and out. And it's five matches. Like, it almost is crazy how established that already is here because that's similar to what we were doing in, in 1819. Like, even though the names are bigger and the matches were longer and harder, you know, better storylines or whatever, it's still like match, 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 women's main. Like, you know, it was, if you go look at any card from that we did in 18, Shayna was the semi main and then Cole or whoever was in the main yeah. event. And that was it. And it was like the same setup. So it's pretty interesting that they had this that well-defined already out of the gate. And it, it pretty much stays through most of them. Uh, all right. Main event time as we have Adrian Neville defending the NXT championship against Tyson Kidd. Kidd had been uh, around for a while on the main roster. Kind of came down here to help. You know, I think it was a smart move. I think early on they tried to present NXT a little bit like old ECW where guys that just had not much going on. They would send them down there for a run, let them rebuild themselves, keep busy, help other young guys learn the craft. So I think Kid was sent down there to kind of train as well as work. And uh, here to put over Neville, who had been on a hot streak, was our champion, um, had defeated Bo Dallas to win that title early on and, and had had it for quite a bit. He wins with the red arrow, which always looks amazing. Um, and I thought this match was very solid. I'm not going to say it got past that level. I, I would argue it's probably a little disappointing in many ways too, when you kind of look at the two guys involved, what you would expect from it. Uh, I went three and a half. Yeah. It's just a very straightforward, like good professional wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me on this night, that was good for a 3.25. Uh, I really felt the last like, four minutes or so and this match goes uh, almost 21 minutes goes uh yeah. 20 55 and it was yeah right around the 16 minute mark i was like all right like let's let's get going um but there's going to be more to come from these two this match did a good job of setting up where we're going to go this season um and it's cool as you tyson kid like even though he's already had a good run a fine run on the main roster he's down here to like you said train help develop other people but also mm-hmm. we're going to see him kind of flush out his character a little bit more so that he does get that second chance yep. on the main roster and that's going to lead to some greatness with um cesaro yeah um so i'm looking forward to, to seeing how he kind of just tweaks and brings out like little pieces of his personality um to put into his character all right um 
Yeah. So that's it for the matches. Uh, so that totals up a score of. So I, I talked about it briefly, but so if I give it a three point five, you get a three point two five. We take the average, which is three three seven five, round it up to a three and a half. That's a plus one off of replacement level two and a half. So we did that for every match and score that up leads to a three point two five. So a plus three point two five for total match score, which is pretty good. Uh, I'd say like our average stuff usually is maybe in that two to three range. This is probably a little bit above average. It's not our top tier. When you start hitting like five, six, seven, that's when mm-hmm. we start to really like pile up the great matches. But this is pretty good. I mean, anything positive is good in these. So, all right, let's get to our plus minus categories. We're going to start with build. We gave it a point for the really uh, good basic opening video to show all the characters that have come from NXT. Uh, a point for Camacho trying to bust up Rose's party. A point for the good build to Zane's climb to the top. That was chronicled throughout this. A point for Natty and Charlotte, both trying to prove themselves with their family names, good synergy. And a point for the very clean sports build up to the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we have such a, a tight card, our only minus was no real build for the tag team title match. Um, again, Ascension's kind of already cleaned out most of the division. Um, yep. so not too much of a challenge for the, uh, the champions going in. All right. So I guess the total score of four on the build for commentary. We gave two points for Regal, uh, just added a lot of insight and credibility throughout the night. A point for the announcers doing a nice job explaining the stories to new viewers, which there were probably a lot of tuning into this for the first time. And then a point for good uh, story pushing that Breeze is proving he's a legit, a tough guy, not just a joke with a selfie stick. Um, I thought they did a nice job getting that across, that this dude was trying to prove that he could go in the ring, that he was a tough worker, and uh, ended up with the win. Yeah. Um, For our minuses, we've got uh, Saxon, Dancing to uh, Adam Rose's music is kind of like that forced hokey WWE style fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom uh, Phillips has a line where he calls Victor the scapel of the Ascension. Which is, uh, just weird. Makes no sense. No. Um, a lot of talk about getting noticed and called up by the WWE yeah. um, and making it to, I don't think they say main roster, but um, basically, big basically, time, and it, leagues, yeah. right. Getting called up to Raw or SmackDown <laughs> and just kind of points out like this is lesser than and it, it's it's a tough line to tell um but right. we know it, it's it was, true i mean it's right. like hiding it but by calling it out it doesn't like, do anybody any favors they get away from it eventually and it, they make it seem like a big deal like this and it, it comes more once people really start to love the takeovers and it becomes like a destination show that yeah. folks start stop acting that way but to this point right now it's like yeah this is feels minor league and they're not helping it by talking about getting noticed you know by triple h or whoever right it might as well be a triple a game yeah, yeah, and then they present it that way. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a plus one. Uh, atmosphere, we gave a point for Adam Rose and the party entrance, which still kind of hit in the setting that like we talked about. A point for the crowd being into the Lucha chants during a Kalisto and El Locales match. A uh, point for Sami Zayn's entrance. A point for Rusev. We didn't talk about that. But uh, Rusev comes out. He had already been up on the main roster uh, at the Royal Rumble. I don't think he was full-time yet. I don't believe on the main roster. Uh, but he is... Uh, well, maybe it's right around here, I guess. I know he debuted in the 14 Rumble. I know that. Uh, but I, I think I thought he came back down for a bit and then went back up. But here he destroys poor Mojo Rowley, uh, which we'll talk about more in a minute. But his entrance is always awesome with the music. Uh, a point for Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair's entrance. And then a point for the pop for Brett was really cool. Absolutely. Mr. Hitman. Um for our minuses, we got the overall presentation feel of the show. Uh, it feels very low-level indie, which is just... It, it, it's it's weird for being WWE. 
Yeah. Um, the crowd being bummed out about Sammy uh, losing uh, takes away what could have been a big memorable moment, um, like a, a, a big win for Breeze. Um, and then the crowd not fully into Tyson Kidd as a challenger hurts the main event vibe. She's just kind of like guy from WWE who's a really good wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like that character piece is missing. So uh, that held 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 uh, the atmosphere back a little bit for the main event. Still a positive score, though. Gets a three. We thought it could be a good takeover. All right, notable moments and importance. We gave a point because Tyler Breeze with the win becomes the number one contender for the NXT title. A point for Ric Flair and Bret Hart appearing on the show as managers. A point for Chris Christopherson in the crowd, uh, first celebrity that we see at a takeover. Of course, people in the crowd becomes a big takeover thing going forward. And this is kind of the first. His son was starting to train, so they call that out. Uh, So that's kind of the first big celeb there. A point for Charlotte winning the vacant NXT women's title. Uh, and you called it the, the meme of Brett being not impressed with the sharpshooter from Charlotte. So a point for that. Uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, a locale feeling pretty low rent and a little goofy. Uh, we've got Zane losing, hurting the story a little bit. And uh, uh, Breeze could have had a tough loss and been okay. And that was kind of like the role that he always found himself in in NXT. Um, so it was kind of a bit of a surprise to see him pick up a big win. Uh, and the whole story, Zane, like stakes. his climb to the title. And then mm-hmm. he loses here. So it felt like a step back on the first show. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's another plus three overall for moments. We give a plus 3.25 for match quality uh, card structure. We give a point to starting hot with Adam Rose and the party, a point for the number one contender match to clean, clearly define a path to the top and put in a important match on the show and a good stipulation. And then a point for that structure. We talked about women's world title, men's world title, the cap, the show comes in NXT stable. Yeah, uh, for our undercard, uh, for our minuses, we have the undercard. feels more like showcases, um, like we talked about with, like, here is Adam Rose and here is the Ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, the stakes aren't the biggest and there's not really any blow-off matches. Um, they're just, again, showcase matches. Um, so that's a weird fit for a big show. And then the random Mojo and Russo segment was really something that could have been just put on TV. Kind of felt like it was made for TV. Interrupted the pay-per-view style flow of the show. Yeah, and the crowd wasn't super new at first, and Mojo. Yeah, it was pulling teeth, that whole segment. It felt like they were just swimming upstream. All right, so it's a plus one on structure. Rewatchability, we gave a point for Zayn's sit-down to talk about his NXT climb, which was really well done. Uh, A point to rewatch Rusev just completely cuck and murder Mojo. (laughs) Destroys him. Uh, And a point for Charlotte and Natty doing the post-match celebration, torch passing there. And then a point for the Red Arrow, which to me will always get a rewatchability point because it's just an amazing move. Incredible, yeah. Um, For our minuses, we've got Mojo discussing foreign uh, diplomacy. Uh, The page hype (laughs) promo feels very forced. Uh, The crowd was not into it at all. uh, and it almost like they had moved on. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. tried to make it like she was a returning hero, but like yeah, no one was really right. into it. It was kind of like, no. all right, yeah, we're, we're ready for something you, else. You left, yeah, you left. You're gone. Be gone. Well, and it's funny because I remember um, over on the Placement Nation Wrestling Network, uh, PTB NXT, with our good friends Jennifer Smith, Tim Cable, and Jake Williams, to go into the history of NXT. They're doing all the TV and the takeovers. Uh, they're into uh, like spring of fifteen right now on their journey. But when they covered this, I remember when they talked about it. It was like very weird that Paige gave the title up and then she was on TV a bunch anyway and at the takeover. And they were like, well, they made it like she couldn't work both, but then she kept freaking showing up. Why not just have her put over Charlotte and lose the title here? You know, and I get maybe not wanting to ever lose after she went over big on the main roster. But uh, I I remember them getting in depth on that one, how weird it was. 
to approach it that way. Uh, all right, so that's a total rewatchability of two. All-time matches, we didn't have either. Uh, no pluses, no minuses. Everything was below our benchmarks. And that gives us a total war score, Marcus, of 17.25. So a pretty strong showing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, for the first NXT TakeOver. If we were to slot that in, it is a top uh, 27 show for us. So it's 27th place, which is crazy because for a while, something in the 17s felt very, um, felt high, honestly. Like that felt like a good score, but we've been on a bit of a hot streak with some of our stuff and it's been peppering in. But if you look at it, it's tied with Brooklyn 4. I mean, that's surprising to me. It's tied with Brooklyn from uh, 2018. Uh, Sometimes it's proof like more more isn't always better uh you know those those nxt shows we talked about from the 1819 season uh while they are um uh pretty trim like they're you know five or six matches um those matches are pretty heavy uh mm-hmm. a lot of just over the top in ring working um whereas here the show's a little bit more digestible and there's you know different styles and um you know they really save everything for the last like three matches as opposed to just like all right here's here's five five star matches you know right and so, it's not yeah. tied. I, I misspoke. It's uh, half point below. It's seven. Brooklyn four seventeen. Still, it's, it's really close. Quarter. It's it's closer than you would probably think. Yeah. Uh, this finishes right above Battleground fifteen, uh, which had a sixteen and okay. a half, and then below Survivor Series eleven at eighteen and three quarters. So, I mean, it's you know a top. So far, we have seventy five. That's our seventy fifth pay per view, actually. So there you go. Uh, it's top third, pretty much at at twenty seven. So not too bad. Not at all. Good showing. Yeah. All right. What do you say we uh, move on along then to our next show here tonight? Uh, continuing on through NXT 2014-15. All right. And that is NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way took place on September 11th, there you go, 2014, uh, from Full Sail yet again at Winter Park. Same estimated crowd, just over 400. We have six matches to talk about this time uh, that we're going to go ahead and dive into. And the opener of this card features the Ascension, yet again defending their NXT Tag Team titles against Kalisto. And this time, he has a new partner, and that is Sin Cara, the birth of the Lucha Dragon. Sin Cara had been on the main roster for a couple of years on and off. We went through multiple versions of Sin Cara. Sin Cara original left. I think Unico ended up going under the mask after the feud, <laughs> taking over Sin Cara. And finds his way here to NXT to team with Kalisto. Uh, they end up winning the tag team titles with the Salida del Sol. Uh, I was surprised, actually, to see Ascension already lose the belts. Uh, I know they don't really move up to the main roster till early 15. So I guess they kind of put around a little bit longer on NXT, even without the titles uh, before they make the main roster. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Lucha Dragons. They will also go up and uh, they have that awesome match at TLC that we talked about and would stick around for a bit there as well. So uh, as again, a fine opener, I think it was good to have the title change here to kick things off. Lucha Dragons are exciting. So start hot with them. I went two and three quarters. Yeah. Two and a half for me. Um, I know they're definitely not a finished product. They're very much just getting started. Um, but Lucha Dragons, they kind of wrestled the, the matches like two singles guys. Um, and it felt less like a team. Even their finish, it's always going to be Kalisto 
hitting his finish as opposed to like a tag team finisher that they're looking to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I get, you know, the point of the tag team is to really highlight uh, Kalisto uh, and get him up to the main roster. Um, but the Ascension taking an L here felt like they, they had to kind of disappear once they lose um, and kind of get uh, rocket strapped up to the main roster. And that's not going to be the case. We're going to see them, like you said, kind of put around uh, for the remainder of the season. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, two and a half for me. And that takes us to ooh, our first uh, real disagreement, I think, <laughs> of this season. Uh, as we have CJ Parker, who's been a mainstay of NXT. Um, again, he's a holdover from the, the FCW era. Uh, and he's going to be taking on who I believe is the debuting uh, Baron yes. Corbin. Um, and I'm of the opinion, uh, real quick, I'm somewhat of a Baron Corbin apologist. Um I think he's been miscast a little bit, uh, and I think we're going to see that lone wolf. this season. Um, <laughs> Sign me up for the lone wolf. Uh, this is my style of What's wrestling. What's it with you he's and animals? Comp- I don't get it. I don't know. He's it's just my thing. He's uh, he's going to completely mow through CJ Parker. They're going to have about like 29 seconds, I think, is the official Squash. match time. Um, yeah, and hit hit that end of days, man. Um, it's the debut of of one of the coolest moves of all time. I think it kind of takes the torch from like jackhammer diamond cutter, jackhammer F five. And I think it's end of days as far as like super dope finishes. Um, so I went uh, possibly with un- an unruly two and three quarters. I thought this was a highly effective squash match to establish Corbin. I rest my case. Sure. Uh, one star for me, uh, which is high for a 29-second match. I mean, you know, I gave it a due. It put over Corbin. It caught me off guard. I knew C.J. Parker wasn't long for the world by this point. Um, as I saw him at an indie show, I think, not too long after this in uh, in a little hall in in cranston rhode island it was uh kevin kelly was there so i went to go and he, he was working it was right before i think he went to go become juice robinson uh and built okay. himself a nice little career as juice so good for oh, him yeah. um but yeah this uh, whatever it's corbin's debut squash fine one star right. let's move along <laughs> Uh, next up, we have our first takeover experience for Enzo Amore. He's out with Big Cass, and he's taking on Sylvester Lefort. Lefort? 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 Lefort. <laughs> Lefort. Uh, he is, of course, tag team partners of Marcus Louis. Uh, this is a haircut match. Uh, and Well, hair versus hair, whatever. Uh, they build is fine. They had Enzo and Cass were kind of goofs in their build with the magic cream that was to take the hair off of whatever right away. And uh, they were starting to build the, the partnership with Carmelo a little bit here too. I think that was still fairly new at this point, uh, but they're over like already, like the crowd is already into both these guys and Enzo's already got the shtick down. He wins the match, but Lafort escapes before his hair can be shorn. Uh, we'll revisit this throughout the night. And eventually it's Marcus Louis uh, who gets the hair cut and then uh, ends up, taking it instead of uh lafour i don't think either of his guys I don't, I don't know if we see him again <laughs> anyway on here yeah, I, I think, think they're so. on tv but i don't know if we see him at takeover again so it's pretty much no. it yeah uh, a fine thread for the night uh 2.25 for me yes yeah, uh i did i did really enjoy um kind of like the organic coming together of carmella and her being like the hairstylist with uh mm-hmm. enzo and Cass and like the free bird cream um, I thought that was a good way to kind of get that act together. Um, but yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit more and reward that um, or tally that up uh, when we get into our categories. Uh, 
Uh, our next match of the evening is Mojo Raleigh taking on Big Bull Dempsey. Um, I'm usually all about big men slapping meats, but uh, this this might have been liverwurst. This is not for me. Uh, not interested at all. Um, I went with a war score of one for this match, and that's all I have to say about it. I went one and a quarter. It's another squash. Um, Bull beats him clean, and uh, surprising because I remember all the freaking talk about Mojo. Like I thought he was a bigger mm-hmm. deal, and he's just been made to look like a joke in the first two takeovers. <laughs> like he gets crushed by uh, Rusev in a in a segment, and then just destroyed in a minute by Bull here. Uh, so again, another squash. You know, we've, we've stepped back. I feel like from the first takeover here with with the card a little bit. Uh, we started hot, and now we've had squash, a five-minute comedy match, basically, and then another squash, which I think we could have just went with either Corbin or Dempsey on this card. I didn't know. I don't think we needed both squashes, like, to establish new characters. I think one would have yeah. been fine. Um, but, yeah, it just goes a minute, and whatever. Yeah, you don't. You never need Mojo Raleigh, so yeah. that, that one could have easily gone. All right, brings us to our women's championship match. Charlotte defeat uh, defending against Bailey. She does defeat her in ten and a half minutes. Again, I was surprised to see Bailey. I think my timeline internally, because I didn't watch NXT regularly for a long time. Um, I what used to pop the takeovers, you know, a couple of days after they dropped or whatever. But I wasn't really dialed in. So I think I, I know of a lot of stuff that was happening pre-takeover that I didn't realize was pre-takeover. Like I didn't realize Bailey's early days were before this time period. Because I was actually surprised to see her already kind of fully formed into the hug yep. character uh, getting the title match here, but she still presented as an underdog quite a bit and that she'd have to really put together like a perfect match to really out wrestle Charlotte. And that's how it's presented. Uh, and Charlotte does beat her clean uh, to retain. So I liked this. It was a little, little notch below her match with Natty last month. So I went three and a half on this. Yeah, exact same three and a half. It was a pleasant surprise to see uh, Bailey's character so fully developed and almost mm-hmm. be a, a finished product. And uh in the in ring too, she is um, she's miles ahead. I think of um, a lot of wrestlers, men, women. Yeah. Um, she she's a standout so far this season uh, in ring. Again, like kind of knowing who she is and what the character is. Um, so yeah, we'll see more of them this season. Uh, but it is our namesake match of the evening. It is a fatal four way, and it is for the NXT title. And it is our main event, as we have. Adrian Neville defending against Sam Zayn, Tyler Breeze, and Tyson Kidd. Uh, Neville is going to successfully retain. Going to be a little bit of uh, WWE style uh, drama, a um, little bit of a little bit of pathos uh, going on here. Um, as, as Neville's going to pull the ref out of the ring as Zayn looks to uh, finally get the win. Uh, and they're going to play that out, and eventually Neville's going to uh, uh, sneak out the win here. Um, Really excellent match. Uh, they go 24 minutes, and I went with a four. Um, about as good as you could really ask this match to be. Um, the one thing I didn't care for was there was like a period of rest holds, and I felt like um, yeah, it was you when Tyson Kidd, these four guys. Tyson yeah. Kidd was in control, and I remember Breeze, and I think maybe Zane might have been on the outside. Um, it just felt like all right, kind of like what are we doing? It felt like a lot of laying around, and it went like yeah. went like five minutes. It was it was a lengthy amount of time to kind of be doing nothing uh, in the middle of a match. I think with these four guys, I believe 
you shouldn't have any slow spots at all. I mean, these are four guys that can go and really should be able to pace through a 25-minute match. When you look at the different combos they can work through. That said, I still liked it a lot when four and a quarter. Um, I feel like this is a bit of a hidden gem that you don't hear too much about. Uh, but I liked all four guys in the match. Kid takes a loss again. That pretty much nukes him as a contender of any type. Um, I'm sure, I don't know if he was pretty much on his way out at this point to head back up to the main roster. Uh, but we know he's up there in 15. We, that's, you know, we covered him in that season. So he must be up there soon. Uh, so he's pretty much dead in the water. I think as a contender, having getting beaten twice straight by Neville, but we get another red arrow. Zane doesn't take the loss. It looked like he maybe had the win. So that should set him up to continue to climb. But again, he comes up short. So our first two takeovers, Zane on the short end of the stick. All right. So uh, our total match grade score is just a, a one on this one, actually. So definitely hurt by those squashes mm. uh, significantly lower than our last car, but let's see if the other categories make up for it. So the build, we give a point for the tag team tournament to set up the Lucha Dragons as number one contenders, a point for the build to the haircut match with Enzo having his beard shaved and like you said, prepping the cream, a point for Mojo and Bull getting built with the attack by Bull on Mojo on TV, a point for the awesome build for the Bailey character to earn this title match, and a point for a really good main event with all the top players involved in each other's business. Yeah, our only minus is a bit of a, a lazy, non-existent build for um, uh, CJ Parker's mystery opponent, and that's just what they advertise it as. Um, no, no, really, uh, no, no effort really put into it uh, after that, and that gives us a war score of four for build. Strong build. Uh, commentary. We didn't mention the announced team, but it is it's Phillips again, right? But he's with Renee, and who else was on this one? Uh, was it Albert? Or is he not here yet? Um, I, I don't think he's there yet. I think it's Byron. Is it Byron, Phillips, and Renee? It might have been. I, I believe so. I believe that's the team. Oh, they do a good job telling the Charlotte Bailey story. So kudos there. And uh, they seemed enthusiastic when they weren't delivering those forced lines. They, they did a nice job. But there was a lot of forced stuff, as you're going to get into. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I was looking, looking to for confirmation on that commentary team. Um Far minuses for the for the team. Uh, Renee is in full soundbite mo uh, mode. Oh, yeah, uh, so you could just tell like she's got somebody in her ear and she's like really thinking about what she's saying. Mm -hmm. um, she's got a ton of natural charisma and, and you know now she talks for a living. Um, so she 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 didn't need that. I felt like she was really hamstrung there. Um, a lot of like it, again that style just leads to a lot of like awkward forced jokes and interaction and kind of just like talking for the sake of talking. So we went minus two there to kind of sum up the whole evening. Um, talking about how things will make BuzzFeed, uh, immediately felt everything make, oh, yeah. uh, everything so felt right dated. Away. Yeah. felt like a Facebook, uh, ad pop-up. Um, again, everything feels forced. Well, uh, I think they much... just made a deal with BuzzFeed cause they talk about oh, it at okay. one point. Um, okay. I think there was like a partnership to do WWE content on BuzzFeed. They mentioned it at one point during the show, okay. but still it feels like over the top, like to, to hear it. They talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of talking too much, way too much kid and natty talk. You would have thought that they were uh, Savage and Liz or something. I know uh, yeah. of NXT. Uh, they're kind of kind of the talk of the town. NXT trying to make the booking revolve around the two of them. But they make kid feel unimportant because they, it's right. kind of more about natty and how kids like just shows up on total divas and kid kind of hangs like they weren't presenting He's the him. cat sitter. Yeah, yeah, they weren't presenting him as like a top guy. So. Uh, so commentary hurt the show for sure. Negative three. Uh, a lot of it was driven by Renee, who was just. You know, I, I like her a lot as an interviewer. I think she's great with her podcast and on AEW. But like, 
And, and even when she does commentator later on Raw, like I think she's fine. But like, she's great the there. Yeah. Yeah, but here, just no bueno. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah, not the um, environment. All right, atmosphere. We give a point for the big pop for Lucha Dragons title win. A pop for the Enzo and Cass entrance and promo. A pop for Bailey's entrance. A pop for Charlotte's entrance. Uh, a point, I should say. A point for the crowd driving Charlotte Bailey through the finish. They were all really engaged. Uh, a point for Sami Zayn's great entrance, and then a point for the crowd during the main event. They were so great during that whole match, all the Olay chants and everything else. So this, I thought this crowd was a. It might have been a lot of the same fans. I don't know, but they were way more I thought engaged in this one than they were at the first takeover yeah this is kind of like the first showing of like that nxt crowd um uh that would get that reputation um it's kind of like being a, a star of the show as well um but uh for our minuses we have uh the presentation look of full sale is uh-huh. fail full sale it's the same as as tv like they do nothing really to spruce the place up um so it looks just like a, a regular episode of nxt tv uh, and then we've got the the Ascension being presented as a, t- a dominant team, but they don't show that in any way. Uh, you know, they go, you know, 50-50 basically with the Lucha Dragons. Um, and then uh, we get silence for CJ Parker. Uh, again, it's not a surprise that he's going to be on his way out. Um, right. He's, he's dead in the water. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's a plus five for atmosphere. So a good score here. The crowd really carries this one. Uh, notable moments and importance. We give a point for the Lucha Dragons ending the Ascension's long title reign and winning the belts. A point for Corbin's NXT debut at the end of days. A point for the very first takeover gimmick match in this show. A point for the debut. We didn't talk about this, but uh, he is comes comes out for a quick promo. That is the debut of Kenta, who of course now will go by uh, Hideo Itami. So a point for that. And then a point for the first ever Bailey Charlotte uh, takeover slash pay-per-view match, which should become a big thing. Absolutely. Um, our minuses, we have no no payoff for the haircut stip for LaFour. Uh, the Ascension go from dominant tag team to Stooges all within an hour. Quite the fall. Uh, yeah, because they, do, they come back out in a Tommy and uh, runs them off or whatever. So they, they're made to look kind of goofy there. Yeah, getting uh, 2v'd one by a Tommy is not, not the look. And then uh, we got Raleigh becoming the uh, the takeover jobber. First he gets uh, <laughs> beat up by uh, Rusev and, and now getting beat up by Dempsey. All right, so that's a plus two for moments. We had the plus one on match grades. Card structure, we gave a point for starting off with the Lucha Dragons. Again, a hot a hot tag match. A point for the main event video spotlights all through the show. They kept doing like little spotlights on the four contender or four competitors. A point for the structure. Top two title matches to close the show. And a point for the longest match being the best match. Not always the case, but it was built and built and built. Our main event got 25 minutes and delivered. So good on them to, to hit that. Yeah, but our minus uh, was the multiple squash matches, uh, which easily could have been done on TV. Um, it makes the card feel not so special until you get to like those last two or three matches. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so that's a plus three on structure. We gave a couple of things here for rewatchability. A point for Big Cass's nasty boot to Marcus Louis. Uh, a point for the Enzo Cass Carmella Salon skit with the uh, different cream or whatever. And a point for Charlotte whipping Bailey into the bottom buckle and a point for the red arrow as always, uh, always hits there. So that's that. Uh, no negatives. We had no all-time matches because you were just a little short on the yeah. uh, fatal four-way. You checked in at a four. so that The chin lock us- took me out of it. <laughs> takes us from that. So that gives us a total score of a 16, Marcus. So still pretty good. I mean, I feel like we talked up the first takeover a little bit more than this one. Um, 
but it ended up being uh, not that far behind, just, just to put a point behind. Uh, the 16 puts it tied with King of the Ring 99. Based on our tiebreaker method, it actually finishes ahead, right? Because we go by the best match, and that would be the main event of the show, I believe. is better than anything at King of the Ring, grade-wise. Or what do we have the main event at King of the Ring? Uh, King of the Ring 99? It couldn't have been probably higher than that, right? No, that would have been Austin and McMahon. But we go three and a quarter? I'm looking quick. Uh, yeah, three and a half, three and a quarter. Yeah, nothing okay. touches this. Okay. All right, so this finishes ahead of that. And that puts it in uh, 32nd place all time, just below Backlash 99 and Hell in a Cell 15. So, okay, good company. And right above Armageddon 99. So, I think it fits there. Those are all shows that kind of were solid, but you know, not a nothing that it's gonna like be super maybe memorable or all time classic that you gotta go back where you live or like a Backlash where I had some really highs with some lows. This was kind of a compressed version of that. So, all right, so that'll do it. And uh, believe it or not, Marcus, in two weeks, we're going to be back to wrap this season up, which is crazy. Uh, we'll be closing out the 13 14. Uh, I'm sorry, the 14 15 NXT. Uh, no, 13 14? 14 15. Uh, 14, all 14. Or 14 15. 14 15. Uh, we'll be closing that out. So looking forward to uh, doing that. And uh, before you know, we'll be starting a new season crazy enough a month from today sure check out everything we have to offer here at the north south connection both audio and visually we're all over social media facebook twitter instagram tiktok uh just subscribe here too it's, it's cool you should do it north south connection has every dot uh, com has everything you need though so be sure to check us all out and live your life above replacement level talk to you in two weeks time to wrap up and the presence was fitting it was i the viper and me the abstract the rhymes were so rumping that the brothers rolled the zap hey yo tip do you recall when we used to rock what? those fly routines on your cousin's block oh uh, let me see damn i can't remember i received the message and you will play the same you're on point tip all the time fife you're on point tip yeah all the time fife you're on point tip you're all the time fife so play the resurrector yeah. and give the dead some life okay if knowledge is the key then just show me the lock got the scrawny legs but i move just like lou brock with speed i'm agile plus i'm worth your while 100 intelligent black child my opera presentation sizzles the retina how far must you go to gain respect um well it's kind of simple just remain your own or you'll be crazy sad and alone Industry rule number 4080, record company people are shady, so kids watch your back cause I think they smoke crack, I don't doubt it, look at how they act, look off the better things like a hip hop forum, pass me the rock and I'll score them with the corn and proper, what you say hammer, proper, rap is not pop, if you call it that then stop, 